The reading is taken from Psalm 85 and reading verses 8 to 13. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his faithful, to those who turn to him in their hearts. Surely his salvation is at hand for those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground and righteousness will look down from the sky. The Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and will make a path for his steps. Amen. The second reading today is from Matthew 14 verses 22 to 33. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came he was there alone but by this time the boat battered by the waves was far from the land for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking towards them on the sea. But then when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got to the boat, the, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Thanks be to God for these words. Amen. We pushed off from the shore, doing what you had told us to do, leaving you to deal with the crowds. Go on ahead of me, you said, and yet we had no idea how you would be able to come and join us. We had the boat, you didn't. And so as our boat drifted out, we saw you tell the crowds to leave. They had been healed taught and fed by you. You had nothing else to give. We knew you needed time alone, time with God, a space to grieve for your cousin so recently executed, and a distance from the demands of the crowd. We saw the crowds follow the shoreline, whereas you went in the opposite direction. You started to climb. We could just about make you out at first, a solitary figure, higher and higher, unaccompanied, unaided, finally free. We were glad you had the space, we'd worried about your safety with Herod's agents all around, and with so many people needing you, close to burnout complete exhaustion. You needed a break. So here we are in our little boat, 
several of us experienced sailors a lifetime on these waters, so we should have been safe. Although I remembered back to a previous time when we had been in a boat and a mighty storm had threatened to overwhelm us. Thankfully you had been with us on that day and had calmed the storm. We got some way out before the evening turned to night. Those final reds and purples of the sunset becoming indigo blue and then slowly the night enveloped us. Navigation by stars alone. And then those stars disappeared as the clouds rolled in, thick and heavy with the prospect of rain and storm. Some of us tried to settle down in the hole, wrapping ourselves in cloaks, trying for some sleep, before our turn on the watch. It got to those small, dark hours of the night. Tiredness, exhaustion, complete fatigue. Those times when it is easy to make mistakes, a wrong judgment call, and lives could become jeopardised. We prayed that there wouldn't be another storm, where things got out of hand, especially without you there to protect us. Surely lightning doesn't strike twice. And then I realised I'd spoken too soon. The winds got up, the waters became choppy, the swell increased, and those waves started to engulf. Everyone is awake now, all hands on deck bailing out the water as more floods in, cursing one another's stupidity, the spray lashing our faces, the inexperienced ones crying out or throwing up, and then the experienced ones start to panic too. Our lifeline, our little boat, appears overwhelmed and swamped. Hope is diminishing fast. Not much longer now. Visions of my life flashed before me. What a way to go. A sense of panic starts to overwhelm me. Fear starts to consume. I wish you were here. You would know what to do. All we need is a miracle. All we need is you. But you are far away. Too far to hear our cries. And then, then you appear, through the waves and rain and splashing spray, you come closer, you close the distance, you come to help us. We thought you were far away, unaware of our plight, wrapped up in your own needs and faith that you wouldn't be concerned about us, or that you would view it as too risky to come to our aid. So you, appearing here, it's a shock. And you, walking on the water, well that's impossible. The ghost, someone cries, 
we all agree. However scared we were by the storm, it's nothing compared with encountering forces beyond our comprehension. There's no way you could get to us. And yet here you are, close to us. No more are we alone. You get closer and closer. A smile breaks out on your face as you see us. What a sorry looking bunch. Wet, bedraggled, bewildered, haunted. Cheer up, you say. You're not alone. Stop being afraid. I would never abandon you or leave you. Cheer up. Don't be afraid. Good morning. A meditation with some imagined thoughts of Peter called One More Step. There have been so many stories told about me and almost every one of them makes me look like a complete idiot. Well, perhaps not a complete fool, but they certainly don't paint a very pretty picture of my character or my faith. Oh, look, there, there's Peter again, drawing attention to himself, going off half-cocked, impetuous, always jumping in with both feet before he's even started to think about the consequences. Actually, in this case, literally jumping in with both feet and showing just how little I understood about anything. Oh, there were lots of jokes about this day in the months to come. <laughs> it, it wasn't a story that died easily. The others sort of that, always bringing it up. Wasn't there that day, Peter, when you nearly drowned? <laughs> you all dried out now, Peter. Oh, I've heard them all. And I deserve every one of them. I mean, what did it take? I'd seen this man feed 5,000 people with a couple of baskets of food, and still I didn't have the faith I needed. Not really. Not when it counted. I was rapidly discovering that I could do nothing in my own strength, that I constantly needed rescuing. I needed to be saved again and again and again. It's a bit ironic, isn't it, that... that I got such a reputation later on. One of the greatest of the twelve, a key figure, a leader. And then you look at my thoughts and words and actions throughout the story. <laughs> Hardly an impressive leader. Not wise, not diplomatic, and certainly not full to the brim with faith. In fact, most days, I was a bit of a mess. Don't believe me? All you have to do is look at the evidence. But I've come to discover that that's the important bit. Sometimes you do have to take a risk. Sometimes you do have to kind of swing your legs out over the side of the boat and test the water. Sometimes you do have to leave security behind and try something that scares you. Sometimes you do have to take a big step of faith and see what happens next. So I hope that you find comfort in how weak I was, 
in how much I needed help in my failures of faith, because they do mean that you shouldn't get too, too worried when your faith seems weak or doubts come or being a Christian on this particular day feels like hard work. Just remember, as I had to learn the hard way again and again, remember who is there to save you.